0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to BibleQuest.tv, the Tuesday edition. We're glad you're able to join us today on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon as we go into uh, discussions on Bible topics and things. I'm your host, Drew and In a minute, I'll be bringing in the panelists. But I want to start off first with if you're coming in the program today using the Zoom app, you know the drill. Come on in and give us your questions. It comments by using the chat window or the Q&A box. Either one's fine. Hey, you know what? We really want someone to come in using the audio also from your computer. So if you want to come in and talk to us about a, a comment or make a comment using your audio instead of the text, a text a chat window, go ahead and click on the, oh, well, there's a little button there. raise your hand type icon and uh, just click that and we'll, we'll assume that that's what you'd like us to do. If you hit it in by accident, and we've had that happen before, right John? <laughs> They've hit it by accident, we were going to bring them in using their audio and now they said no we hit that by accident. Well that's okay, we'll check with you first, but we, we want to invite you to come in and chat with us and talk with us. Uh, and we've been uh, opening up the program the last, uh, I wasn't here last week, but for the last two weeks on open forum type thing where we really would like you to uh, ask us questions uh, from the bible uh, or about religious and bible topics so that we can address them because we want to really talk about things that our audience is, uh, is, is interested in so we're doing that again we had a question that came in towards the end of last week we're going to bring that up um and uh well let me let me bring in the panelists um, Jonathan, good to see you. I'm your host, Drew DiGrado, first of all, up up here in Homesdale, Pennsylvania. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Jonathan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. How are you doing today, Drew?
0: Good, did I just forget to uh, unshare?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got it taken care of for you though.
0: Oh, great, that's great. Well, that's good. so uh i want to bring in scott our program director but he just stepped away uh i don't know if it was a technical issue is having but he said go ahead and start the program and he'll pop right in and here he comes boy did i time that just right hey scott how are you doing
2: trying to get a chart put together we got it together
0: okay Thanks. that's good that's good so we're gonna be talking about i guess you would say it's an easy to understand topic there's no misunderstandings about it it's really straight cut forward so i guess we'd spend what two or three minutes on it scott we got what what is the topic
2: <laughs> yeah there were no questions or, or variant opinions about it no uh, there are but we'll, we'll be looking at the biblical text um and i'll i'll present uh my understanding of it uh and drew and jonathan can present their understanding of it Uh, But as usual, it's not our understanding that is uh, final. It's what the text says. So we'll look at what the text says, and that's the text. We'll discuss what we believe it means, and you may agree or disagree. Uh, We don't claim any infallibility here, but we hope it will be a profitable discussion. What's the question? Somebody read it, please. Yeah, the question, I was meant to bring that in before
0: saying it, but the question is, please explain, quote. Receive the whole the gift of the Holy Spirit." End quote in Acts two. Uh, and then we we have other references: Ephesians five eighteen, First Corinthians 16, uh, 19, rather, and other 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 uh, references. So yeah, what what is that? Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit.
2: Okay, so let's start off with somebody set the stage for what's going on in Acts chapter two, and lead us up, and then we'll read. 36, 37, 38, and 39. But somebody first kind of set the table with us for what's going on there. Well, first of all, it was uh, the day of Pentecost.
0: The Lord had asked the apostles to go wait in the city for the the comforter, the power of the, uh, receive the the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter stands up and makes his first sermon uh, about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. You crucified him. And this is what all of the prophets have been talking about. And now um, I'm, I'm making it short. For the re- receive the forgiveness of sins. Why you? What you know? Receive all well, the the men that he was speaking to were cut to the pierce, pierced, uh, pierced the heart, because they crucified the Messiah. What should we do? And Peter says, "Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." But I think just before that, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. He also said, "This is this is the promise for you, for other generations, for all those come after you." Is that right? uh Yeah, in verse 39, he will say that. Uh, okay, right after that. So, so that. And you wanted to add more than that, Jonathan? I'm sure I, I, I just put that in a thumbnail
1: i mean that that's that's pretty much it it's just uh, the the, it's a phrase that's found the receive the gift of the holy spirit It's a phrase that's found when the apostle peter is responding to the the question um that the people at pentecost asked because like you said they were they were distraught cut to the heart that they had killed the messiah and they're supposed to repent and be baptized in the name of jesus and in the beginning of verse 38 and he says Upon doing that, you will receive the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then like you mentioned in verse 39, that promise is for them, your children, all who are far off and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So this is a promise to Christians um, for the forgiveness of sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit.
0: I, I, uh, Scott, I get the impression based on the on the question, explain, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But there there's Peter says be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So is that implying that the one asking the question and then the statement itself that that's two different things? One more time. Is that two different things, forgiveness of
2: sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit? There are some people that think it is the same thing. I I personally do not. Uh, let's mention three possibilities here. Uh, one is, and let's get text up on our screen. So it's... uh, I'll get it up here. And let me hit share screen so that that will show. So we're in Acts chapter 2, Day of Pentecost. And notice that the Holy Spirit has fallen on the Apostles, okay? Uh, So within the context here, there's a lot about the Holy Spirit. Back in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, what were they waiting on in chapter 1, verse 5? They were waiting to
1: be baptized with the Holy Spirit.
2: Yeah, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, we'll talk more about that in a few moments. And then uh, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until this happens. Uh, And then they wait. Approximately how long do they wait? And days? About a week. About a week. Um, because we've got, let's see, Jesus dies in the tomb three days Friday, Saturday, part of Sunday. Uh, and then you have Pentecost, which is 50 days after Passover, but about uh, three days, you know, happen before the resurrection. Uh, And then you have 40 days that Jesus appeared to them. And so 40 plus three, that'd leave about seven. Do do they know exactly when it's going to happen?
1: No. No. They just know not many days from now.
2: Yeah, not many days from now. And what city are they supposed to stay in? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, 50 days after Passover, um, they're all together in this place and look at the word in verse 2 suddenly this is one of the things we're going to notice about holy spirit baptism in both of the places that it is recorded as happening in history it's going to come suddenly uh they know it's going to happen sometime but do they distribute it do they know it's happening do they decide this is the time no it's uh it's like Wow, what's happening? Yeah. yeah. The next time in the book of Acts that somebody receives Holy Spirit baptism is going to be what? Gentile? Yeah, yeah. And is Peter going to decide when they receive the Holy Spirit? Not only only does he not decide, he sees
0: the event happening and says, wow, this happened just like us back then. And I'm assuming it's a
2: couple of years ago, so it didn't happen every day. And Peter says, as I began speaking, the Holy Spirit. So we're going to see the Holy Spirit baptism in both the times that the book of Acts says it happened. This is how it happened. Suddenly, boom. So there came a sound from heaven, the mighty rushing wind, etc. And what happened with the apostles as they're filled with the Holy Spirit here? They started speaking in other languages. Yeah, and also what appeared on them in verse 3. Oh, something that appeared or it looked like something like fire. Yeah, yeah. And so if we've got here on the screen, verse 3, divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the crowd is wondering what? What is going on? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, he will go back to the prophecy of Joel that said the Holy Spirit will be poured out I will pour out my spirit on all flesh which would include your sons and your
1: daughters will prophesy
2: yeah etc., etc. can you think of a person in scripture that mentioned that his daughters uh prophesied wasn't it philip's daughter yeah yeah that's right um or daughters I'll... didn't he have more than one i think it's plural yes, that's right that's right uh, i believe it was four daughters he had uh that prophesied Uh, And Joel 2 ends with, it'll come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he goes through and talks about the resurrection, the fulfillment of Psalm 16, etc., etc. And he shows that that's applying not to David, but to Jesus. And so therefore, Jesus is actually the Messiah. And then he quotes Psalm 110. And somebody read there again, verse 36 for us. He concludes this part of the lesson with what words?
1: Let all of the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified.
2: Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, What shall we do? And here's our verse. Peter said to them,
1: Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit.
2: Okay, so there's our our text in question, the first one that our our viewers asked about. And, And thank you for the question. And so, Drew mentioned is, you know, are people saying this is the same thing or different things? We're about to get into that, but let's also once more read the next verse. Promises
0: for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself.
2: Okay. So, here's three different interpretations, and there may be more, but I'll mention three. There are some people that believe here the gift of the Holy Spirit is salvation. And so, they have Peter saying, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of salvation from the Holy Spirit. Wait a, minute, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Does it say the word salvation? Well, no, but forgiveness of sin would be salvation. Okay. Oh, that's making an assumption then on the gift yes, exactly. is the, okay. I get it. I get it. Exactly. That's an assumption. Um, and so. This interpretation would be saying that the gift is salvation. If you repent and be baptized, your sins will be forgiven and you will receive salvation. But it doesn't say salvation, it says gift of the Holy Spirit. So this assumes that you can equate gift of the Holy Spirit with salvation. So be thinking about that and we'll comment on that in a minute. Another view, the gift of the Holy Spirit is the Word. There are passages in Scripture where the Word and the Holy Spirit are kind of used interchangeably. For example, in Ephesians 5, another verse that uh, our our viewer asked about, where it talks about singing, it says, be filled with what? So, in fact, go go over, somebody read uh, Ephesians 5,
1: 18 and 19. Yeah, Ephesians 5... Um, verse 18 it says and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart okay
2: so don't be drunk with wine be filled with the Spirit singing and making melody in your heart to God if I remember correctly what's the parallel passage to this in Colossians
1: That's Colossians three, um, somewhere around in the middle. Yeah. Um the exact verse. Colossians three, verse sixteen. Verse sixteen.
2: So here we have teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, thankfulness in your hearts. Ephesians and Colossians are very, very they have a just a multitude of parallel texts. Uh in fact, both of them then go into wives submit to your husbands husbands love your wives children obey your parents um, masters and servants same thing in both so very similar texts and in ephesians what did it say be filled with the spirit Mm -hmm. in colossians what does it say
1: let the word of christ dwell in you
2: yeah so you see the similarity of those two phrases go ahead drew there's one thing that's not similar in
0: ephesian he says don't get drunk with wine he doesn't yeah. say that over there and i've said why is that put there i mean he's not talking about sinning by getting drunk he just don't be drunk with wine and, and then isn't it um i i think there was a well i do it today where what do they do when they go to an Irish pub, a bunch of, uh, well, I use Irish because a friend of mine is Irish and he's always bragging about it. you get into an Irish pub and everybody's drinking and they're singing Irish songs and they're singing Irish songs because they're filled with the spirits, not the ah, they're, Yeah, they're, they're filled with the spirits of the alcohol and they get in that really happy giddy mood before they yeah. get sick or something. And so I, I'm saying, could that be the relationship? Like, don't, the spirits of drink don't let that be motivation for singing the spirit
2: of of the Lord let that be actually I don't know that it means you know don't sing drinking songs while you're drunk don't i don't talk about the motivation not, not yeah, necessarily, yeah. the motivation of your, your singing but I'll tell you what let's so we're gonna come back to the word and the spirit in the relation and we're going to come back to the gift of the Holy Spirit in a second but let's do explore this for a minute why would it say don't get drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit and sing why do people drink
1: various different reasons, different reasons. Um,
2: main reasons escape Maybe. escapism yes mm-hmm. Uh, but like one time I heard somebody asking an alcoholic and said, why do you drink? And he said, I don't know. And they said, no, you do know. Tell us why you drink. And eventually broke down. He said to make the pain go away. So to reduce pain or escape, that's one motivation. What's another motivation?
1: Uh, just for uh, recreation, I suppose, social drinking.
2: Feel good and that type of thing. Because chemically, it alters how you feel. Mm. Now, this section in Ephesians 4 and 5 is about put off the old man and put on the new. Stop doing this, start doing that. Like, don't lie. Instead, tell the truth. Truth. Stop stealing, and instead, get a job. job. Uh, you know. So here, don't get drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Alcohol will change your mood. It comes from the chemicals in the bottle, and it will chemically change your mood. Guess what else changes your mood? Singing. Yes. Being filled with the Spirit and addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been kind of sad or discouraged, and you sing like, Hosanna, or which one of your favorite songs that just really moves you and touches you? Uh,
1: there's this song that I really like, um, Stephen actually wrote it, it's Let Every Language, um, oh yeah, kind of, yeah, it's a really powerful song talking about the yeah. idea of the languages were divided at Babel, but they all come together in heaven praising God, and yeah, and yeah, was, yeah, really cool. Another,
2: another one of the Stephen songs I really like is Armor of Light, Oh, it's is so powerful. Uh, so that, or exalted, or in Christ alone, you can have been feeling sad and discouraged and a little unmotivated and maybe depressed. And after you sing one of those songs, how do you feel?
1: Feel motivated. It's great,
2: motivated. Yeah.
0: And, and, and that's not unique to, to our singing. Singing in general, that's why people go to concerts. It
2: lifts them up. Mm-hmm. Dopamine. When you listen to singing, there are chemical changes inside your body when you listen to, in an engaged way, to motivational singing. It makes a chemical change in the body. So here's two guys, Bob and Rob. They're both feeling down, right? Bob wants to feel differently. So he takes the chemical, he takes alcohol. Will it produce a change, Yeah, a positive change or a negative change? Well, it might negative. start off positive as far as he's <laughs> concerned. He will feel better, but after he feels better, he's going to feel not good worse. at all. Yeah, and it's going to be pretty expensive, and he may do some really stupid or wicked things in the meantime. Yeah, Rob, instead of getting drunk with wine, filled with the spirit, engages in dressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, seeking, making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always. What happens to his mood? Changes to the positive. Yes, but he's doing it the new man way instead of the old man way. And it's lasting. It lasts long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, but let's come back now to, in Ephesians 5, it said, filled with the Spirit, in Colossians, it says, let the Word dwell within you. So there are certainly some similarities between the Word and the Spirit. Go ahead, Drew. I just want to remind people that have just been coming in,
0: we're, we're addressing a question from the viewer to explain, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as it was stated in Acts 2. So that, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up again.
2: So that's one interpretation, and there's some passages in Ezekiel and stuff about, I'll put my Spirit into you, and then there you've got... Uh, You know, in Jeremiah, my word will be, my law will be in their hearts and some different things. So some people would make an argument that the gift of the Holy Spirit is the word. So let's go back to Acts 2, and we're we're mentioning three uh, views here. View number one is that just as we're mentioning to keep score at home, um, that the gift of the Holy Spirit is salvation. View number two, the gift of the Holy Spirit is the Word. View number three, that the gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 1 Corinthians talks about, don't you know that the Spirit dwells in you? Romans 8 talks about the Spirit being in you in that type of thing. Now, you will also have people disagree about what that means to have the Spirit dwell in you. Some would say the Spirit dwelling in you is the same thing as the Word dwelling in you. Should we have the Word dwell in us? Yes. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Um, and the Word comes from the Holy Spirit. But this revolves a little bit around this phrase, the gift of. So for example, if uh, Jonathan, if you get TJ, a gift of chocolate,
1: what did you give TJ? I gave her some chocolate.
2: Yeah, yeah. The gift of chocolate is chocolate. But if you give her a necklace, and I say, TJ, that is a pretty necklace. And she said, that's a gift of of Jonathan, my husband. Is it you that's hanging around her neck? No. It's the gift that's from you. So grammatically, the gift of could either be a gift from the Holy Spirit. Some people say it's salvation. Some people say it's the word. Or it could be the Holy Spirit itself. So let's sum up again these three possibilities. Number one, the gift of salvation in Acts 2.38 is salvation. Number two, the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2.38 is the word. Number three, the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2.38, is the Holy Spirit. And this and tied in with verses about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, not limited to the word alone, but also the Holy Spirit. So let's start analyzing those. Let's read this with each of those interpretations in mind. I'm going to substitute those words in. Notice each of these involves a little bit of assumption because this is what the text says. So let's just amen what the text says, and then we'll discuss the possibilities. Does it say repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins? Amen. Yes. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Now, what might that mean? Let's read it this way. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive salvation, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit.
1: Seems sort of redundant because, like we've already pointed out, forgiveness of your sins is salvation.
2: Yes, but of course, but, I mean, like if you get in the book of Psalms, half of Psalms is redundant because <laughs> it'll say one verse and it'll say the same thing again slightly differently but what but but the
0: statement on uh, the, na- uh, the name Jesus says for the forgiveness of your sins well that is salvation why would he say it again then receive
2: salvation and you will receive salvation uh, but scripture does repeat itself a lot as I just said in in psalms that's one of the way Hebrew poetry works you'll okay say, yeah, it, yeah that'll fit okay say it again the next way. That's and incredible. like at verse 39, what does it mean for the promise is for you and for your children and for all? That's it three different that, That's three different sets. But then it says everyone. Isn't all and everyone kind of saying the same thing? Is that's... all who are far off have to be a different group than everyone who the Lord will call? No, well, not necessarily. No. So scripture can be redundant and say it in another way. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. If you were going to describe salvation and you were going to describe it as a gift from someone by order of likelihood of how you would phrase it, thinking about what salvation is and how it's made possible. If I'm intending to describe salvation, would I call it the gift of God, the gift of Christ, or
1: the gift of the Holy Spirit?
0: Oh, good question.
1: Uh, personally, I, two, I would
0: think of the gift of God.
1: Yeah, the two most likely would either be the gift of God or the gift of Jesus. I think yeah. the gift of God would probably come up first, though. Yeah.
2: It's like John 3.16, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But it's Jesus who died on the cross. Who's the sermon about? You know, he just talked about the resurrection of Jesus. You're going to res- The Holy Spirit would come, but it's Jesus that died on the cross and rose. And it's in the name of Jesus that you have forgiveness of your sins. So it seems odd to me then to say, and so salvation is a gift from the Holy Spirit. The Holy yeah. Spirit's primary role in the New Testament, to me, seem to relate to revelation and confirmation. Mm. I'm not saying limited to that. For example, in Romans 8, when we're praying and in our groaning, we don't know all the best way to say things. It says, who makes intercession for us? The Holy the Spirit. Spirit. Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, around 11 or so, if the Spirit of Christ that's in, if that raised Christ from the dead is in you, that will raise you from the dead Mm -hmm. I believe he's gonna be involved in our resurrection I'm not saying this is the only thing but over and over aren't two of the main things about the Holy Spirit revelation and confirmation Mm -hmm. yeah give me an example from scripture that it's the Holy Spirit providing revelation two or three quick examples
1: well there is um, in the very uh, in a couple of chapters from now in Acts chapter 4 this will happen multiple times um, But one specific thing in Acts chapter 4 and verse 8, it says Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking um, to the people, rulers of the people and elders. So there's that idea of being filled with the Spirit to speak.
2: Yeah, yeah. Give me a couple other passages.
1: Uh, Similar type of thing I think happens with Stephen um, as well. um, Yeah. that, That he's filled with the Spirit, his face is shining like an angel and speaking to those who are about to stone him
2: and they could not withstand the spirit by which he spoke. Uh, A couple other passages. How about 2 Peter 1.21, the men of old spoke not by private interpretation but being moved by the spirit. Uh, Ephesians 3 all says, Revelation was made known to be by God through the Holy Spirit. And then I wrote my understanding and you can read it and understand it. And Jesus in John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, he's saying, I'm going to go away, but who's going to come and teach you? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. He's talking to the apostles, the spirit, and he will guide you into all truth and he'll do two things. Jesus talking to the apostles, sorry. Whoa. (laughs) Jesus, talking to the apostles, said, he will remind you of everything I said to you and guide you into all truth. So the Spirit's role in revelation through the word, one of the primary things in Scripture, both uh, for the word spoken and the word written by inspired teachers. How about confirmation? Give me some examples of confirmation as the role of the Spirit.
1: Well, there's in Acts chapter 2, um, when the Spirit comes on the apostles and they have the um, the tongues of fire on their head and they're speaking in tongues, it's to confirm the message that they're saying that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, and then the parallel to that, whenever a similar thing happens in Acts chapter 10, um, whenever the Spirit falls on Cornelius and those in his house is to confirm that God is bringing the Gentiles in to Peter. Yes!
2: And so Peter, when he's talking to Jews who said, you went into a Gentiles house. He said, hey, you know, the Holy Spirit told him to go. And then when we were there, the Holy Spirit fell on them like it was on us at the beginning. Who is I that could withstand God? And they said, wow, then God has granted repentance to them. So you see that confirmation there. Let's look at one more passage on confirmation. Uh, We're going to go here to Hebrews 2. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation as it was declared first by the Lord, tested by those who heard, somebody read verse four there.
1: While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will.
2: By the way, keep in mind that phrase, gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. But we can clearly see here that the Holy Spirit is very primary in the revelation and the confirmation. Even Jesus' miracles, he said, were by the Holy Spirit. When somebody said, you did it by the power of Beelzebub, he said, no, I did it by the Holy, Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit of God. Spirit.
0: Right. Would you, Scott, would you also say over in uh, 1 John 5, verse 8, the Holy Spirit, he's one of the witnesses of Jesus' claim? Wouldn't that be a confirmation? First John
2: five eight. Which there's one part of the text in there five seven that's not actually in the Greek. No, I'm so talking
0: about verse eight. What what
2: does verse eight say? I don't remember. For there are
0: three who bear witness: the Spirit and the water and the blood, and the three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For the witness of God is this: that He had born Uh, a have-born witness concerning his son. So So, so the Spirit is one of the three
2: witnesses, and that's like a confirmation. Very good, very good, very good. Um, All right, so back here now to this verse. Revelation, I might call, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Confirmation, I might call, a gift of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's role which is especially seen in revelation of the word and confirmation of the word, the Holy Spirit's role was not to die on the cross for us.
0: Mm-mm.
2: That was so the it, of the seems, it seems odd to me to have Peter telling people, here's what you do, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. And you'll get the salvation that's provided to you from the Holy Spirit. The salvation is provided through the blood of Christ, given by the Father. Hmm. And so just it does not seem to me to comport with, there might be some way in which you could say that because you can't know about Jesus and salvation in Jesus without the Holy Spirit, but then that's getting over into the word, you know. But to just say that salvation is provided by the Holy Spirit, that it's the gift of salvation seems a lay a step or two removed from where the salvation is really offered in the blood of Jesus Christ as offered by God the father giving his son
0: yeah there's in fact I don't think there's in fact I know there isn't any other uh, passages that make that claim that the Holy Spirit is who gives you salvation but it does make the claim that it's death of Christ that gives you salvation.
2: And I, I'm sure there could be some verses found that would relate something about the spirit and salvation, but Not to describe, it, to. it just seems to me a step or two for the context here. What do we need to do? Be baptized in Jesus's name and get the salvation that was given, provided by the spirit. It seems. Why would he say that instead of receive the gift of Jesus or receive the gift of God? Well, right. What would be the, what would be the hesitation to just accept it for what it's saying, the gift of the, you'll receive the gift well, of the Holy Spirit. All three people describing the three views that we're discussing, they could all say, Oh, it is the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about what they believe that gift is. Right. So in other words, the person says, I believe it's salvation. They're not saying, it's not the gift of the Holy Spirit, but they're saying the gift of the Holy Spirit is salvation.
0: What, they're, uh, what we're identifying is uh, you're, we're opening up the ribbon in the in the package of a gift. What's inside? What is that gift? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So all three people should be able to agree those that repent and be baptized in the name of uh-huh. Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Got it. All three people should agree on that. But then if you say, what do you think that means? One guy says it means salvation. One guy says it means the word, one guy says it means the Holy Spirit, which dwells within us. Hey, Scott, we only got 10 minutes. Tell us what it really is. Well, <laughs> uh, let's move forward here, but let's do pick up the pace. <laughs> All right. Secondly, let's say it's the word. Certainly an argument can be made, that the, whole, the word is given through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so if you're listening, if you're being led by the Word, you're being led by the Spirit. If you're if you're told, be filled with the Spirit, and you said, let the Word dwell in you, you could make an argument there. But let's look at the context here. What have they been listening to?
1: They've already been Who's, listening to Peter preaching.
2: And through what is Peter preaching? Through the Spirit. Yeah. So the chapter started out with um, the Holy Spirit fell upon uh, the, the Holy Spirit, but they began through the Holy Spirit to speak with other tongues, okay? And then he's been preaching to them through the Spirit. He's been quoting prophecies that were given by the Spirit. Spirit. And through so giving the word through the Spirit, that's what brought them to faith. Romans 10 says what? Faith comes by hearing, hearing. and hearing, and hearing by, by the word, word, oh God. Hearing by word, that's where faith comes. Do they have faith by the time you get to 36, 37? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he doesn't tell them to believe because they already do. Right. The, the difference between this and Paul talking to the jailer is the jailer doesn't have faith yet he just woke up he said what can i do he says believe in jesus then he preached the word and then he was baptized here he preaches the word and then the people say sorry what do we need to do he doesn't say believe because they already do he says, now because they do believe, he says, repent and be baptized. So if it just means word here, let's substitute that in. Peter preaches the word. Through the Holy Spirit, he preaches the word. They hear the word. They are convicted by the word. Look at verse uh, 37. When they heard heard this, what? The word. Heard. They were cut to the heart. Has it done its job? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will convict of sin. It's done its job. The word of the Spirit uh, through the Spirit has cut them to the heart. They've heard it. They believed it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Having been given the word, they said, what do we need to do? And Jesus says, repent and be baptized and you'll get the word. Uh,
0: Doesn't work. They already had the word. They already received the word when they accepted their
2: guilt. Now, you could say, well, they'll continue to get more of the word. And verse 40, with many other words, he exhorted them. And then those that were baptized were added in 3000 souls and they devoted themselves to the apostles. Team. So they got more of the word, but verse 38 doesn't say you'll get some baptized and you'll get some more word. Yeah. This is how you, if it means word, is this how you get the word? No, they already got the word. That's why they believe, and that's why they have faith, and that's why they're asking. So I'm not inclined to think that Peter here means just salvation. I'm not inclined to think here that Peter means just the word. The And so we do have other passages very quickly, uh, like 1 Corinthians 6. 18 and how many minutes we got drew
0: oh man four four but but that's right we're going to continue this was you're raising me another question i'm gonna
2: have but go ahead right. uh do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit within you whom you have from god acts 5:32. 32 peter uh says the god gives the holy spirit uh to those that ask him romans 8 It says, uh, if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you. So I accept that there is this indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and it's not limited to the Word. Now, sometimes somebody might say, "Well, well, how would it dwell in you? I like Carl Dieselkamp's answer. Somebody asked him, well, how does the Holy Spirit dwell in you? Carl said, I don't even know how my own spirit, dwells in me. <laughs> I that was exactly, ridiculous. good point. So I'm not going to claim to know everything about how this works, but there is a, there's a statement in scripture that the spirit of God dwells in us. Let what me. About, what
0: about what uh, about John 14:23? Jesus answered, "If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with
2: you." Where is that? Is that relating to this? Well, in that passage and in First John, it talks about if that if God being in us or or, or uh, in in that we have this fellowship with Jesus and with God, and so people can say, what's well, the same with the Spirit." However, if you look at First John, one of the things it said here's how we know that God is in us if His Spirit is in us. So there's still something for now. Let me close real quick with this chart. I'm going to have to do it really quick, but let's see if we've got a minute or two here. Uh, is my chart showing? No. Your scriptures are showing. Oh, let me read it. Yeah, you're showing. It. All right. Yeah, so I'm going to do this really quick. Now is this chart showing? Not yet. Mm, let me try one more time. There we go. Now it is. Now you got it. Right. This, I'm not going to say is completely accurate or presents the whole picture, and there may be things above and beyond what are on this chart, but it may be helpful for us to think about some certain things. I don't want to put God in a box here, but notice some of these patterns. Holy Spirit baptism, miraculous spiritual gifts, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit are all mentioned in Scripture. I want you to notice who received, who that we know received it, how did they receive it, and is it recorded as including signs or wonders necessarily. So Holy Spirit baptism. It's predicted by John the Baptist. I can baptize with water, but he will baptize in the Spirit and with fire, not meaning that every Christian is going to be receive all that, because we don't want to receive the baptism of fire. In the context, that's hell. Um, But when in the book of Acts, it describes people and says it was Holy Spirit baptism, there's only two occasions within Acts. What are the two
1: occasions? Acts 2 and Acts 10.
2: Yes, in Acts 2, when that came, if you go back to Acts 1, it said, not many days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 10, we see it, it's not called baptism in Acts 10, but in Acts 11, Peter says, when this happened, I remembered Mm. that the Lord said, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. When I saw that they got the same gift that we did back in the beginning. Well, he's clearly identifying it. Then that is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, this is a few years later. Lots of people, I believe, have had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Lots of people have had the apostles lay hands on them but he's saying this is the same gift that we got back in the beginning. So who received it? The apostles and Cornelius and company. How did, go ahead, Drew. This is really the
0: meat. What you're talking about now is the meat leading to the next question, which helps us identify the original question. Could we not rush through this and pick this up
2: again? Okay. I'll tell you what, how about, all right, we'll just, we'll leave it there. And it'll be a cliffhanger and we'll pick up here next week. Because we are. And because that way
0: it'll give some of the people in our audience, those of you that are listening to this on our podcast, we invite you to go to our website and and put in your comments and questions there as we are going to address now the details that Scott's going to start showing us on this screen. And we want to invite everyone. Participate in the conversation and tell us what you what your comments are. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, Scott, for doing it. I, I hate to do that because I want to hear the whole story here. I want to see all of this, but I think we need to spend more than just thirty seconds. In fact, we're past okay. the time. All right, yeah.
2: good idea.
1: And and let me also just say I didn't um, didn't realize, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, I was doing a poor job of of keeping up with the comments, but we had a comment come in uh, on Facebook um, from Albert, where he's come to the view. Um, that this is all of the above. The the gift of the Holy Spirit is salvation, relationship, fellowship, God dwelling with us and in us, and uh, says a gift can contain many parts that add up to one gift, an all-encompassing gift, which certainly could be. Um, and we'll be happy to continue discussing this next week, but thanks for that. Uh, yeah, yeah
0: but let's uh, make sure we keep that comment, and we'll add it to the conversation next week as Scott continues it. Thank you very much, Albert.
1: Yeah. And, uh, to the rest of our viewers, if you guys have other comments or questions about this, we'd love to have those come in and we'll continue this discussion next week. Lord willing. See you all then.
0: Take care.